Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome in. What's right with Nick Wright? Episode 133. No TV show today, so we are jam-packed here. There's also breaking news in the NFL world and the NBA world over the last eight hours. So let's get right to it. Here's what missed the cut. The Lakers retiring Pal Gasol's jersey. Jim Beheim officially retiring. I, I A moment on Beheim. I, there are other people. Yeah, I'm wearing the orange in slight tribute to Syracuse. Slight. There are people more qualified to give a full Jim Beheim tribute. Uh, he has a great relationship with Wilbon and Kornheiser. He has an amazing relationship with Syracuse legend Adam Shine. He and I have a good relationship, but my feelings on him are a a little conflicted. Not because of how he treated student media, but how. Uh, kind of the last decade went on and off the court. And also, I'm just going to be honest. I am a Syracuse alum. I donate to WAER, a radio station that has the talk show uh, studio named after me. And I, I love Syracuse. But I have not been live and die, die hard with Syracuse athletics the way a lot of my colleagues who also were Syracuse graduates, are. So rather than give a half-hearted kind of synopsis of what you could argue is the greatest college basketball coaching career ever that was all at one place. So like Coach K at Duke is unbelievable, but he had a time at the military academy before that. Like there's, as far as start, Bobby Knight, obviously after Indiana was elsewhere, if you want to talk start to finish only ever at one place, Bayheim has an argument. It's him. Uh, it obviously wasn't all good. It was remarkable what he built there. If, if you want to argue stayed a little too long, there are some arguments there. But I don't want to do a full Bayheim retrospective here because I'm not the right man to do it. So it kind of missed the cut, kind of didn't. And the Jets are the most bet team to win the Super Bowl. That means nothing to me. However, there is some Aaron Rodgers news we will get to. But, Demonze, there is some shocking, but not that shocking NBA news that we have to start with before we even get to the NFL stuff. Go right ahead. 
All right, so last night, Katie was set to make his home game de- debut. It's also kind of crazy he hasn't played a home game yet for the Suns. Yeah. What, I, mean, I mean, he, he got he traded played, like, there when I was before the Super Bowl. Right. But then he didn't play right after the break, and then but go, they had road games. Go ahead. Right, but he rolled his ankle in pregame warm-ups, unfortunately. Yeah. He can miss the remainder of the regular season, but if he's healthy come playoff time, the Suns are still okay, right? Well, yeah. yeah I mean, if he's healthy... The Suns have the most talent of any team in the West. But the 99-minute A block is what it says on YouTube. Listen, I plan to go long, but 99 minutes might be a touch strong, even by my standards. If you're watching on YouTube, you see it. Uh, (laughs) So here's the thing. I've never seen that injury. Right. No no, no TV today, by the way. That's why we've got the the 99-minute A block because we have no television. Well, even then, I don't think I'm going to do an hour and 40 minutes. I, th- I think they might stop it. I, I got you. Might. Oh, they're just giving me an indefinite 90, period exactly. of time. And that's the max that we I can get go. it. Okay, I got it. So it wasn't a mistake. It wasn't supposed to be that it was 19. It was supposed yeah. to be 99. <laughs> I get it. Okay. All right. So here's the thing. I've never seen someone. I've seen guys roll ankles. But I've never seen someone in suffer an injury in warm-ups that they're saying could knock him out a month. And it was weird because right after warm-up, right after it happened, he kept warming up. But now they're saying it's a grade two sprain. Jeff Stotts, who you can follow on Twitter, I want to read you his exact tweet. He's on Twitter as In Street Clothes. He does, like, injury analysis. Regarding Kevin Durant, a grade two sprain is also known as a partial or incomplete tear. Other players to sustain grade two ankle sprains include Conley, LaMelo, Ja, Trey Young. Historically, the average is about seven games or 19 days. However, time loss for grade two sprains this season have been longer. The average time this season comes in at 15 games or seven weeks. That does not include Justice Winslow, who has not played since late December. Okay, so the Suns have. 16 games left, and they're already speculating that Durant could miss the remainder of the regular season and maybe the beginning of the playoffs. If he is not back prior to the end of the regular season, I think they are in really, really rough shape. Because we got to remember, nobody comes back and is then playing 38 minutes in their first game full go Plus, it's playoff intensity. They all ramp up. And the Suns right now are the four seed. Now, a lot of people thought they were going to catch Memphis or Sacramento. Memphis obviously dealing with its own issues on and off the court. But without KD, I don't know that they will. If you if even and even if they were to catch Memphis because Memphis falls down, they get the three seed. You are then potentially playing in round one. Golden State, or the Clippers, or the Mavs, or the Lakers. None of that's good. I don't think you named a scary team besides the Mavs, to be honest. Well, the Clippers last night cut Russ's minutes down, won the game, and with Kawhi and Paul George healthy, that's a dangerous team. Phoenix, Guys, Phoenix without Durant was not a contender. They were in previous years. But not this year with this version of Chris Paul. Chris Paul. Being injured. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, Chris Paul's slightly injured. Yeah, I mean, just old. old. Yeah, Chris Paul being old. (laughs) But here's the bigger concern. Even if you think I didn't mention a round one team that would knock them out. But, I mean, the Lakers could give them real trouble. Real trouble. And who's the other team I mentioned? Oh, the Clippers. Now, I don't believe in the Warriors. Warriors. But if the Warriors were ever going to get up for a series, the chance to knock KD out, even if they can't win the title, seems in, 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 would be get intriguing for them. But here's the other problem. Kevin Durant's hurt all the time. Playoffs are long. Chris Paul's hurt all the time. The playoffs are long. Kevin Durant, since tearing his Achilles, like, here's Kevin Durant's, Career games played by season, okay? 80, 74, 82, 78, 66, but that was a 66-game season. 81, 81, 27. Broke his foot, had the Jones fracture, basically missed a whole year. That's the one time. Then 72, 62, his first year with Golden State. 68, 78, his last year with Golden State. Then he tears his Achilles. Since then, the games played are as follows. 35, 55, 42, 42. And now he's looking at being done for the year. I'm sorry, I, I, 30, I, I, I said 42 twice. I should have only said 42 once. It's 0, 35, 55, 42. That's where he's at. I, I said... I think on this show and also I know on the TV show that everybody, when it comes to all sports teams, you always do the, yeah, as long as they stay healthy caveat. But there are certain teams that that is a greater concern than others. And right now, the Suns, Lakers, Clippers, if they don't reach their ultimate potential because of injury, You can't say you didn't see it coming. You can't say it's shocking. And it's one of the reasons that I was not quite as high on Phoenix as everyone else was after the trade. Durant, everyone bangs on LeBron and he's hurt right now because at this stage of his career, he misses a lot of time. He's more available than Durant. Yeah, He's just as available as Steph. He's way more available than Kawhi, the other 30-plus-year-old, and Kawhi's younger than any of those guys who are superstars who play big minutes. Like, Durant has had so many lower body injuries since the Achilles. It's very hard to say confidently, even if he comes back for game one of the playoffs, that he's going to stay healthy for two months. It's been a long time since he's been able to stay totally healthy, for two months playing, you know, every other day as you're going to have to do once the conference finals start. This is a very ominous sign for the Suns who are not going to be able to ease themselves into the playoffs the way the Warriors with KD used to be able to do. The Warriors won a series one year, I think, when Steph missed the whole first round. Like, you could ease yourself in. That's not what the Western Conference playoffs are going to be like this year. All right, next. All right, the Jokic stat padding allegation story took an interesting turn. Conversation about around race is taking shape. Yeah, what are your thoughts on this discussion uh, around the MVP around the MVP voting? 
around the MVP voting. You're right there, Chief. Yeah. All right. So I would like to. I got an email that I'd like to read. I got to pull it up real quick it, before I get to this. Um, I want to see if I can find it. I apologize that I didn't have it right here. Okay. I, I'm not going to read the full name here, but I got an email from Justin after our show on Tuesday. Okay. Okay. Hey, Nick, I'm a huge fan of yours. I love your delivery and how well you present your arguments. You can be funny and also serious with something that is rare to find in today's media. The only thing I ask is, can you please stick to the topic of sports? We listen to your show to get away from political propaganda that is shoveled down our throats by every news outlet in the country. Sports are an escape from all that. I was 18 minutes into today's show when you brought up gun control and racism. Of course, the topic was about John Morant posting a gun on IG, but you found a way to turn that into why black people are targeted when they have guns. It's nonsense. You're definitely by all means entitled to your opinion, especially on your own show. However, your show is a target audience of sports fans. So please stick to what your audience loves. You're better than this. That last line I didn't love. I don't love that you're better than this. You did forget to um, give your, like, if you want to tune out. Here's the of- thing, though. But that John Morant thing, he, he, like he said, I started the show with it. We did 18 minutes before I did a 60-second almost. Double standard. Yeah, like- just acknowledgement of it. So here's what I'm going to say. And, Justin, I appreciate you listening and watching the show. I. We are, if I am being overtly political about things, I always give a little come back in 10 minutes note, okay? If I am just honestly discussing my thoughts on something and there is a racial component to it, I am not going to insult the audience by assuming that they can't handle right. a couple minutes of maybe a opinion that's different than theirs. If we are going to do a full-fledged topic or show that is not sports, I never try to, like, trick you into listening to it. And what I will say to Justin is this. Uh, the fact that you can just flippantly say that my opinion on the Joss story when I've t- talked about the double standard of how people react to white people legally carrying guns and black people legally carrying guns, that you can just flippantly say it's nonsense, would lead me to believe maybe you should actually open your eyes to dis- dif- uh, different viewpoints a bit more because there's a lot of things we can talk about why that's the case, if it's right that it's the case, a lot of things. But to call it nonsense and deny it that it's the case uh, struck me as a bit off. Okay, so that's the whole preamble to this. We are going to talk race here for a few minutes. I don't know how long it's going to take. I would argue that if you, the the people who are right now hitting the fast forward 30 seconds or pausing the YouTube stream are the people that, this might be the most valuable to because I think I might say some things that surprise you or challenge the way you think a bit. So the reason race got brought into the MVP discussion was because Kendrick Perkins made a few observations that in the last however many years, 
The only MVPs to not be in the top 10 in scoring were Larry Bird and Dirk Nowitzki, and now Jokic is about to do it again. Also, I believe made the observation that since Wilton Russell, only one guy has ever won three straight MVPs. That one guy is Larry Bird. Now it looks like it's going to be Jokic again. He was heavily implying Jokic is benefiting by being a white player. And J.J. Redick lost his damn mind about it. Yeah. So before I even talk about the merits of it, I want to say something about the media. I'm, I'm weighing how much, if the juice is worth it, screw it, whatever. It is what it is. That is a horrifying way to treat a teammate on live television. To If, if I were in that spot, there is nothing I can imagine that Brewer Wilds could ever say on our show to where live during the segment, I looked at them and said with anger and fury, that's what's wrong with sports TV. Try to undress and embarrass a colleague on live television is to me so far out of bounds. Now, there are certain times if that if somebody says something that you find so abhorrent, that you're like, I don't care if I ever work with this person again. I don't care if I torch this relationship. I am going to publicly disavow myself from it. So be it. This wasn't that. You know what I mean? If if, so, if you're on TV with somebody and somebody starts dropping slurs and they're like, yeah, bleep these people. They're like, and you're like, that you're awful. I never want to work. So right. be it. Then you got to do what you got to do. This wasn't that. So I thought, I, I think, there's there has been a lurch in certain spaces in our field to guys wanting to and knowing they are embarrassing righteously embarrass, righteously embarrass a teammate for social media plaudits. I the I I don't like it. I don't I it, it, it is. To me, there are certain things. This is really more about media than anything. Before we get to the race stuff, I thought it was. I thought it was wrong. I just thought it was flatly wrong. And I've seen. I thought. I forget who did it. Uh, I thought somebody did something similar on that they, same show. They, Go ahead. JJ did something like that to Stephen A. Smith at one point, I believe, like a couple months back. Well, I, um, I don't want to be wrong. On, go ahead. He always tends. I feel like JJ is like that's his kind of his persona when it comes to this. It might be. I'm just telling you, I wouldn't. And I don't mind spicy, but somebody on that same show did something to Mad Dog Russo, uh, implying that he was prejudiced. And it was JJ did a thing with him about plumbers and firemen and Bob Cousy or whatever. And, and the guy said that I used to watch Bob Cousy like you weren't a lot. Yeah, of or something yeah that's like that. Mad Dog Russo. I just think there's I think there are standards and practices for live television that sometimes folks forget. And it would if I were on the other side of that, I would get very very angry. And I have seen the guys who deal with it, I, I the I, I Stephen A had to deal with something Jay Williams did not that long ago that I thought was out of bounds. But that's just my opinion there. Now let's get to the, the is race a part of this? All right. So 
JJ said that Kendrick was calling people racist. And that is what is so frustrating. It is not the same thing to say race could be playing a factor in something as saying these people are racist. Let me give you the simplest possible example. People are surprised when they find out you're my son. There are two major reasons for that. One is our ages. The other is our races. That does not make anyone who is surprised by it at all racist. Right. It's just race is one of the reasons that they don't think we're related. It's, by the way, pretty reasonable assumption. It's like, no, now if they, if once they hear how we're related, it makes them angry. Now we get to the racist part of it. Right. But there's, there, there's racial components to a lot of things that are not racist. That's the first point. Second point is this. I think white basketball players at the highest level get pulled in all different directions where race plays a component in how we evaluate them. For instance, the plumbers and firemen comment that JJ made about the older era players, we all know why. One of the reasons why. 60s basketball is considered a joke by some guys. A lot of white guys. Dogs in there. A lot of white guys. <laughs> and we know that 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 when people are trying to tear down Jordan and show the clips of who he was playing in the 80s, they they look for the clips of white guys guarding. So I would argue that when it comes to NBA basketball, now let's go to modern day, the average white player gets downgraded because of his race. I think people took way longer to recognize Alex Caruso was a hell of a player because he had a receding hairline and was a bald white, white guy, guy too. than they would have with the exact same resume if he was just a shaved head black guy from Texas A&M. I think that guys who, again, whatever, I, I don't, I, I hope that if, if, if any of this reaches JJ's desk, he gets the full context of it because I'm not really, I'm not trying to attack him at all, but I, 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 I bet J.J. Reddick felt personally like I am not giving credit for what a excellent player I am because I'm a white dude. And I bet he dealt with that his whole basketball life. It, where it was like, whether you're getting picked uh, on the playground or whether it's all of this, how the media talks about him. so. Now, does that mean those people were racists? No. Does it mean race consciously or more likely subconsciously was playing a factor into how they evaluated him? Yes. So I think average white basketball players 
get downgraded by the media, by fans, a few percentage points. But there is a flip side to that. I think once you, if you're a white player, cross the threshold to undeniably great, you get a few bonus points. Right. Not intentionally, not because the voters are together and they're like, you know what, let's let's get some white folks this award, especially because the only white guys who win it th- these days are non-American white guys. Right. You know what I mean? It's Steve Nash, who's Canadian. That's what I was thinking It's Dirk, it's okay. Jokic. But do I think that subconsciously, there are some extra credit for when the white guy in the NBA is dominating. Is, is dominating that yes, I do. I do. And I don't think that makes anybody racist. Just like I don't think it's racist that when I talk to your your mom's grandfather, one of my favorite people in the world, that his favorite team or Every year is whichever team has the new black quarterback. (laughs) (laughs) Now he's 93 years old. So maybe there is a, maybe that is a little different, but I don't think there are a lot of things where race plays a factor and doesn't make the participants racist. And it is an attempt, in my opinion, to shut down conversation by saying you, you are playing the race card. You are invoking race where it doesn't exist. This is where I believe. I believe race exists everywhere to different factors in different ways. But it, the And the people who get to claim, I, uh, no, race plays no factor in my life, are only white people. No non-white people get to be like, race plays nothing to do with my life. And so... It, to act like it can when we're all in shared spaces in anything have nothing to do with anything, I think is naive. Yeah. Okay. And I don't. And so if you're going to make that allegation, race might play a, a, a component or whatever, you do need some data points. And the data points that Nikola Jokic is being held to a different standard, are at this point overwhelming. I've laid them out without ever bringing up the racial components of it. But what we know is that, and, you know, I don't want to go, it'll take too long, but what, I, I will do it from memory, forget it. What we know is that we have a bunch of instances of guys winning consecutive MVPs and then not coming close the third year. It happened to Kareem. It happened to Moses. It happened to Magic. Happened to Michael. He won two titles. And then they gave it to Barkley. It happened to Duncan. It happened to uh, Nash. It happened to LeBron. And then they gave it to Derrick Rose. Then it happened to LeBron. LeBron won two in a row again. Then Durant won it. They didn't give it to Durant. Durant was the best guy that year. Then Steph won back-to-back, and then Russ won for the triple-doubles. Then Giannis won back-to-back and hadn't produced in the postseason, and Jokic won. And now Jokic's going to win a third. The one guy who previously, they were like, no, he can win three in a row, was Bird. So that is an exception. We can look for all the reasons it's an exception, 
but it's an exception. We also know that this year, one of the reasons so many people are acting like it's an outrageous debate whether or not Jokic is the MVP or not is because they're like, his, he has, by some metrics, the best stats, by any metrics, some of the best stats, and they have the best record. They're the best team. That's who the MVP is. Agree, which is why the exception that gave him the MVP last year was so galling to me when he was the sixth seed. Because since 1980, prior to last year, six seeds to win the MVPs were Moses Malone, Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook, the year Katie left, he averaged the first triple-double in 50 years and led the league in scoring. And then Jokic last year. And the last part is, these votes have not been close. So the the this season, or his first MVP award, there are 100 first-place votes. He got 91 of them. Last year, he got 65 of them. In the straw poll this year, he currently, he had 77 of them. And to act like it's not close when you, you the numbers are that Joel Embiid is averaging the most points anyone has averaged in a season, not named Kobe, Jordan, or Harden in 40 years. Oh, okay. Yeah, you were going to say Will. You know, a bunch of guys that have been in 40 years. And he's doing it on crazy efficiency. Giannis is averaging as 31 points in 32 minutes per game on crazy efficiency. And both are demonstrably better defenders. Right. And both of their teams, we can just look at it, the Nuggets have 46 wins, the Bucks have 47, and the Sixers have 43. So it is that if you want to argue he's the MVP, no problem. If you are arguing it's a runaway for the third straight year, it is not outrageous to then discuss are there other factors at play here? Is it a panoply of reasons and could could the fact that implicitly or explicitly he's a white player help him a bit in the eyes of some voters it's not a third rail outrageous topic so that's where I'm at on it um a lot to unpack there yeah and it, yeah i mean i i guess it was good they put 99 minutes on there we're 27 minutes into the show yeah so we're mean, halfway through the a block this happens okay all right let's go on to football shows. let's move on all right uh reports are out that the jets are close to landing Aaron Rodgers. the packers seem to be done with their with their future hall of famer but rogers also seems like the one who wants out is this really an amicable divorce or is this or is one for, or is one side forcing the move all right, before I answer it, if Gabe Goodwin's around, Gabe, if you could text me as a Jets fan your full thoughts on this, I'd like to read them on the air and then react to them. <laughs> uh, if, if that's possible, great. If not, don't worry about it. So I think this is 
an amicable divorce because I think both sides are done with the other. I think one side's more done with. Who the do you side, think though. who's more? I done think with. Green Bay's more done with Aaron Rodgers than Aaron Rodgers is done with Green Bay. Uh, I well, think actually, that's, well, considering that they had to pay him all that money, right, well, <laughs> right? But now the contract will go with him, so a lot of the money the Jets would have to pay him. I, I think they're both done with each other, and I think that listen, that I've said it before, Nat Hackett. The moment Nat Hackett got hired, we knew the Jets were all in on Rodgers. They didn't hire him because he bathed himself in glory with the Broncos. Right. And when we found the Broncos hired him to get Aaron Rodgers. And then when Chris Collinsworth was like, Aaron Rodgers loves Nat Hackett. I'll never forget this moment watching Sunday Night Football. When he was talking about Aaron Rodgers loves Nat Hackett. And I'm waiting for him to be like, because of the offense he designed or this, that. And, and what Chris Collinsworth said is, Man, Rodgers loves Nat Hackett. He made him laugh. They played cornhole together. I was like, that's the reason this guy got a head coaching job. Like, that's the exact justifications you need for a guy like Aaron Rodgers. Right. I like hanging out with him, all that stuff. Um, So they're moving on. I think it's the right call for for the Packers to turn the page. This is why I was arguing for... Jordan Love to be playing yes, the season. Yes, of course. Now, yeah. Mark Schlereth came on my show and said they don't need to play Jordan Love. They already know they're going with him. I still think it's risky like you would have, but maybe maybe they were like, we're just out of the Aaron Rodgers business. We're done with it here. And here's my question I would have if I were the Jets. Is he going to participate in the offseason stuff? Because right. it's totally new receivers. It's a totally new team. It might not be a totally new offensive system, but we did see last year. About week 10, he got on the same page as the young receivers, and they started winning games. Christian Watson started going. I don't want to have to wait. Like, you're in a brutal division in a brutal (laughs) conference. So I want to know. Yes. (laughs) So you you don't have to do what Mahomes did which was Mahomes not only went to the optional offseason stuff, did all of that, he held his own mini camp in Texas with the receivers. He flies the guys in, he puts them up, and they practice together. Stand-up guy. That's, well, it's kind of going above and beyond, but he also knew we just lost Tyreek Hill. I want to win the damn Super Bowl. We have new receivers on the team. We got to go, 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 go. Um, the coaches can't be involved because of CBA stuff, so I'll do it. I'm not saying he has to do that, but you can't just show up to the mandatory stuff. Especially after last season. Correct. I mean, it's obvious. It's obvious that you need to take that extra step. Right. With it, the it, is that the you, you just can't. We're closed. We're closed. Sorry, we should have locked the door. Thank you, buddy. Uh, so yeah, I thought that was Lori walking up, but it wasn't Lori walking <laughs> up. I just saw. I just saw a hat, and then I realized it was somebody maybe wanting to shop. Um. So. I, I'd want to know that if I were the Jets. Also, if I were the Jets, I'd far rather go after Lamar, but that's not what they're doing. So here is what Gabe Goodwin, <laughs> our coordinating producer, the owner of Blue Duck Media, and Jets fans says, this is a movie sequel nobody asked for. We did this with Favre. It was a mess. Aaron is obsessed with proving he's better than the gunslinger. 
This is just the latest and weirdest way to do so. Makes no sense. At least those four days in solitary darkness prepared him for what it's like to be a jet. So back to the point. Like that new, like that idiotic new point break. All pass. Bolt up. Chargers for life. Wow. Gabe. That's crazy. Because he lives in Southern California. Yeah. Gabe. Gabe. The Chargers are as cursed of a franchise as there is. If you're going to change teams, get with the Prince, buddy. I knew you were going to say that, man. Yeah. As soon as as he said Chargers, I just thought of the comeback, to be honest. How great was that? (laughs) What a moment. Uh, All right. Next topic. All right. The Ravens placed a non-exclusive franchise tag on Lamar Jackson. You suspected that might happen. He can now engage in contract talks with other teams. What do you think Baltimore's goal is here? Uh, to get Lamar as cheap as possible. I and the Lamar thing's complicated. So why don't you go ahead and read the next question, and I'll I'll do the whole Lamar thing together. So obviously Lamar is still available, but the Falcons, Dolphins, Panthers, Commanders, and Raiders are all reportedly out. Okay, so let me jump in right there. It's one thing for teams to privately say this is not our, you know, this is not where we're going to put all our eggs. It is incredibly odd for those teams to yeah, those publi- to, to leak to reporters that we are out on this, okay? And here's the other thing that I don't understand. The Panthers? How do you not at least hold a meeting? Right. How do you not? I understand if their feeling is he wanted from the Ravens $50 million a year, five years fully guaranteed. We're not doing that. So be it. Is it not still in your interest if you're the Falcons, Panthers, or Commanders to call him and say, here's what we would offer? Are you interested? Is it not worth finding out that if Lamar, having not gotten the fully guaranteed deal for two years from Baltimore, maybe has lowered his sights a bit or that he would accept from you something he wouldn't have accepted from Baltimore because he's now angry with them. Right. To to not at least investigate it strikes me as negligence. Strikes me as like you are not doing your due diligence to make your team the best it can be. Go ahead. Yeah, so we're in sort of unknown territory here. The bachelor party in Bangkok scenario worked out for my boy Daniel it Jones, did. man. Yes. Uh, for some reason, teams aren't bending over backwards to trade for Lamar. You have to wonder, would this be happening to any other quarterback at his level? What's really going on? Okay, so a lot of people think this is just blatant collusion. And I am not, and and then you have some people, I saw Benjamin Albright, it was like, to believe it's collusion, you'd have to believe all 31 GMs got together to work into their own interests. It's like, buddy, we saw, we saw collusion with Cap. We saw it. We, we, We know it can happen. We're a quarterback that can help teams. Everyone agrees not to sign. So to act like it's an impossibility is foolishness. Go ahead. I think it's a domino effect. Like, you know, the Ravens are already kind of like disrespecting him. And I think that other teams are just kind of falling in line, you know, like. Well, well, I do think there is pressure amongst owners to other owners. That the moment someone else gets the Deshaun Watson deal, all quarterbacks are going to want it. The moment someone else gets a fully guaranteed deal, all the other quarterbacks are going to want it. So hold the line. 
So I do think there's an element of that. I am not going to go out and say this is full-blown. What are you confused by? Hey, this is Sean Watson. Like, I don't understand. Is Deshaun Watson better than Lamar Jackson? No. But the, so no, so and that's you guys' fault that that ended up happening. Correct, but, like, but all the owners want it to be like it's Cleveland made a mistake. We're not going to make it. That's the the, the the. But the moment a second guy gets it, then you don't think Joe Burrow's going to want one. Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts, everybody, everybody's going to want one. So the owners are trying to hold the line. I do believe that, but it does only take one. Only takes one owner to say, "Man, I don't care if these dudes are mad at me." I want Lamar Jackson, right. and I want to win. Now, do I understand the hesitation from teams? Like, fully guaranteed, he's injured a lot, doesn't throw that well. Yes, but we also live in a world where Carson Wentz got traded for a first-round pick, where teams gave Jared Goff $100 million guaranteed. Daniel Jones. Where we do it, and now Daniels is only really like $90 million guaranteed, but... There are not enough good quarterbacks for nobody to go out and pay through the nose for Lamar. Right. I think somebody will. So I the reason I've stayed somewhat quiet on this, at least on social, is because I wanted to give the full context. I think what's happening right now is fishy. I also think someone will pay, even if it's not 100% fully guaranteed. Lamar to the Texans. So that's an interesting one. So they got the don't they have like the first or the number two round? pick number two pick they have the money yeah. that, that that to me is an interesting one the the Falcons is the one that I had been promoting the fact that the Commanders are just out is wild to me but here's the other to me intriguing piece of it or not intriguing here would be my advice Lamar's worked without an agent teams don't like it I don't there are pros and cons to that. I think Lamar should call David Mulligetta. That's Deshaun's move. Because the fact of the matter is, whatever he did to turn Deshaun Watson, who had sat out a year and was facing 23 civil suits and the specter of potential criminal charges, he organized an all-out bidding war. That ended up with Deshaun getting the best contract ever and that team having to give up three first-round picks. Everybody should be looking for Deshaun's so agent. The, and, and so, but look, the reason I'm saying Lamar specifically, Lamar is in a very similar spot right now without any of the baggage. Right. Where he is a star quarterback in his mid twenties, who is available? Won an MVP, right? All that good stuff, and, and had accomplished. But so, but those guys normally don't come available, right? And so, I, I would think it would be worth it because whatever David did to get Deshaun that deal, it's an all time. And by the way, he did the team. The Browns did it knowing he was potentially going to be suspended. He right. missed eleven games. So even if you can't get him that deal because the Browns were desperate and dumb, I do think at this point the best deal that Lamar could get, David could get him. And by the way, he's not a clutch agent. I have no ties to this or anything. Uh, I don't have a relationship with David except for to say hello to him. 
Uh, I, I'm not, I am totally unconflicted on this. It just seems like the guy who was in this similar position, but with a 30 tons of baggage that I don't have, he got this deal with your help. Why don't you come help me? I don't think he's going to play for the Ravens again. I've been saying that for a while now. Some more people seem to be coming around to it right now. Do you have a follow-up you want to so You want to talk about Daniel or what? I mean, do you think it's a good contract? Do you think it's a good deal for the Giants? I, I don't know what the Giants are doing. I think, I think time will tell. Um, steady improvement. You should make the Giants your team. <laughs> you should. You don't really have a team. You, you know, you're from, you were not, you were born in Mississippi. You lived in Kansas city, but if you just tell people, I mean, you could be a chiefs fan fairly, but if you feel like that's too easy, you, the, yeah. forget the, the Texans are a disastrous franchise. You've lived in New York. You like Daniel Jones. You're about to move to LA. When people are like, who's your team? I think giants, you, you should consider it. You should consider it because you're not going to be the, you're not going with the Jags. I know it. I'm definitely not going with the Jags. I was always kind of, I figured, called myself a Chiefs fan. Jets would be, or Giants would be a fun team. Well, listen, you can fair, I'd be thrilled if you're Everybody always gets pissed at me when I play with the Chiefs on Madden. Yeah, but the the thing is, is like because of your connection to the city and having grown up there and all of that, you can fairly claim Chiefs fandom. But if you didn't want to, it's it, that's the easy road, is what you're saying. It, yeah, no, well, no fun in that. Well, no, there's a lot of fun. Is. I mean, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of fun in it. But if you didn't want to claim it, you could go Giants. All right, that was a 42 minute A block. My bad, guys. We'll do a quick B block. Come back and answer your questions after. What's right? What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today, Angie. Your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Welcome back in episode 133, What's Right with Nick Wright. Breaking news on the show. Can we get a live look? Is it possible? Can we get a camera into the studio to show Gabe? I want to see Gabe's reaction to this. The, our, the camera's down. All right, I'm just going to tell him. Get ready from Rap Sheet. Sources. The Jets have acquired Raven Safety Chuck Clark for a seventh round pick. (laughs) 
Sorry, Gabe. <laughs> it is true. It is breaking news. Uh, so Chuck Clark to the from the Baltimore Ravens to the New York Jets for a seventh round pick. All right, Demonte, let's go. What what's the first up in the B block? All right. Uh, so both the NFL and NBA have had some foundation shaking moves over the past year. The idea that you can get Lamar for just two first round picks has got me thinking. The Deshaun Watson trade and guaranteed extension changed the quarterback market. And the Ruby Gobert trade has disastrous, dis- disastrously inflated the trade market. Which move will have worse r- ripple effects on their league for years to come? Well, I don't want to say worse, but the more impactful one is the Deshaun Watson one. Uh, because the Gobert trade, now that Durant's been traded and we've had a bunch of guys traded, that kind of falls to the background. The As far as it being the standard, like, well, Rudy Gobert went for this. Nobody's going to do that anymore. Now, because now there's a new one. It's like, well, okay, this is what Kevin Durant went for. And then you, you know, jostle down from there. Right. Right now, the Deshaun Watson deal is still having an impact. And we'll with see. With Lamar Jackson. With Lamar. Directly. But then we'll also, let's also see how the Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, and Jalen Hurts negotiations go. I'm going to say one other thing, though, about the Lamar thing before we move on to our game. The Ravens had an opportunity. You can sign quarterbacks to an extension after three years, okay? Joe Burrow's played three years. He's getting an extension. Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts, right? Lamar, three years into his career, was coming off a season where he won a playoff game and was a year removed from winning league MVP. The Ravens did not sign him to an extension that offseason. Here's why it's notable. That was before the Deshaun Watson contract. So the idea that, oh, it's just the Deshaun Watson thing that ruined this. No, it is not. Because they had an opportunity a year before Deshaun was ever traded to get Lamar done, and they did not. All right, let's play our game. All right, today we're playing all interfold. First off, You've got your boys, the Lakers. Lakers have been on fire since the deadline and are in the playing window now. The playing window. But LeBron is still out and won't have tons of time to mesh with the new guys before the playoffs. All in her fold, the Lakers will win a playoff series. Not a play-in game, but a playoff series. Well, I don't know that they're going to be in the play-in. Okay. They they might get the sixth seed. Might get the The, sixth seed. I mean, right now the Lakers, at this point in the season, don't worry about wins just worry about losses you can make up wins you can't make up losses so the way you figure out how far you have to go you count losses does that make sense yeah so the lakers have 34 losses same as the pelicans pelicans obviously going in the wrong direction despite the win last night the mavericks and timberwolves both have 33 i'm sorry mavericks timberwolves and clippers all have 33 losses and the warriors have 32 losses the Warriors are the five seed. So the Lakers could absolutely move up to the five or six line. It's in play. I'm not worried about LeBron meshing with the teammates. <laughs> and D'Angelo Russell hasn't really played since the, he was traded. for they, they got him. He comes in on Friday. The way Anthony Davis is playing right now, the Lakers have an argument with Kevin Durant now injured that they are the scariest team in the West. And while I don't want them in the play-in, man, 
I'd love if they could get Denver in round one. The problem with that is the only way to get Denver in round one would mean they are either at the 9-10 line right. and have to win back-to-back play-in games, or they're at the 7-8 line and they lose their first play-in game. So you, you're not... So Denver in round one is probably not going to happen, but I'll tell you my ideal playoff bracket. And I don't think they're going to get all the way there, but this is what it is. Denver's obviously going to be the one. Sacramento stays the two. Phoenix moves up to the, well, I guess there's two ideal playoff brackets. Phoenix will say that this is the first one. Phoenix moves up to the three. Memphis falls to the four. And the Lakers climb all the way to the five. And then you get Memphis in round one and Denver in round two. The next ideal bracket would be Phoenix stays at the four. And the Lakers move up to the six line and get Memphis or Sacramento in round one, and the other one of those guys in round two. All of that is possible. And so, the and if LeBron is actually going to be back in two weeks, then the time off could be good for him. And let me also remind people of this when it comes to the Lakers' possibilities. I'm going to show DeMonte something here. So tankathon.com ranks every team by remaining strength of schedule. So the Spurs and the Suns have the hardest remaining strength of schedule left. Down at the very bottom. Who's number 29? The Lakers. Lakers. The Lakers, as far as remaining games and their ability to really get some wins together, I'll tell you, I can tell you quickly. All of their remaining games. Toronto tomorrow. Toronto, by the way, played Ella, played the Clippers last night. Now a night off in Los Angeles, and then they play the Lakers. Not great for the Raptors. Those are not always they going outside. Oh, there's no question about <laughs> going outside. Yes. <laughs> they then host the Knicks. On Sunday, the Knicks, again, this is where you got to really look at the schedule. Are they the going Knicks. The, are they going in? in no, the it's in L.A. The Knicks play the Clippers Saturday at 4 p.m. And then the Lakers Sunday at 9 p.m. The Knicks going outside. <laughs> so you have the Raptors and the Knicks, the next two games at home. Then you're at New Orleans, who's floundering, at Houston. And then you have home for Dallas, tough, important game. Home for the Magic. Home for the Suns, no Durant. Home for the Thunder. Home for the Bulls. Then at Chicago, remember, Patrick Beverly said he wants to knock the Lakers out of the playoffs. Then at Minnesota. And then your stretch run at Houston, who wants to lose. At Utah, who's going in the wrong direction. At the Clippers, tough. Home for the Suns, don't know if Durant's there. And then home for Utah. They could really go on a strong run here. And their toughest games 
people were like when that oh they have two left against phoenix that changed dramatically when now that durant's out all right next all right the warriors have dealt with injuries and absences all year but their greatest weakness has been playing on the road where they are unfortunately seven and 25 you're going to have to play – they're obviously going to have to play road playoff games. Yeah. Uh, all on or fold, the Warriors won't win a playoff series. All in. They will not win a series. They could fall to the play-in. Here's a fun question because people gave me a hard time because I said the Warriors have a 0% chance of winning the title. Since 1980, you play obviously 41 road games a year. Just 41 home, 41 road. What do you think the number is for the fewest road victories in a season? A champion has had a champion team, a team that won, won the, the titles finals? that in the regular season fewest. of their 41 road games. What do you think the fewest is? 20, 21. The, the worst a team has ever been on the road and won the title was the 06 heat that were 21 and 20. The Warriors are seven and 25 on the road. Some context there. The full list of teams with right, fewer than... You, you said win a title, though. I understand. Like a playoff series. Well, I don't think they're going to win a playoff series, but I'm certain they're not winning a title. It's hard to really right now project playoff series because it's so we have no idea who anybody's playing. Um, but just for some context, the complete list of teams with fewer than seven road wins this year, Spurs Rockets, they both have six, and they're the two worst teams in basketball. All right, well, well, the Pistons are terrible as well. They have seven road wins. All right, next. All right, the Kings are the feel-good story of the season so far. The 16-year playoff drought is bound to come to an end now that they've leapfrogged to the two-seed. All in or fold, Sacramento will win more playoff series than Denver, Golden State, and the Knicks combined. Well, no, I can't say more. Listen, I think the Knicks are going to win zero series. Golden State's going to win zero series. Denver should win the first round at least. Right. And so in order for Sacramento to win more than one, they got to make it to they the gotta make round. it. To, no, they'd have to make it to the third, third round. Yeah. They'd have to make it to conference finals. Uh, but I'm all for lighting the beam. And I'm actually gonna buy. I looked at the Kings schedule uh yesterday to look for like a uh matinee game, an afternoon game. They play the Spurs. Sorry, they play the Spurs uh in three weeks on a Sunday. And I'm going to buy your grandparents some really good seats. Oh, yeah. Grandma is going to be so amped about that. I mean, I would love to do it for a better team. But the flip side is the tickets are way cheap because right. it's the Spurs and I can get really good seats. So, uh, yeah, listen, we have family in Sacramento. I, I like what the Kings are doing. I love De'Aaron Fox. Remember him from you know high, high school, school in Houston. Yeah. Uh, but, I listen, I don't think they're going to make the conference finals. With that said... The case for them making the conference finals would be if, let's say, Minnesota ends up the seven seed and Sacramento's the two, and then Memphis is the three, and say, the Golden State's the six, and they Memphis beats Golden State. Could they beat Memphis in its current condition? I mean, listen, I'm not putting the Kings at 0% to make the conference finals, but I don't think they will, and so much of that's going to come down to who everybody's playing. All right, next. All right, man, my Celtics are on a downward spiral right now. People are pointing the finger at head coach Joe Mazzula. Yeah. 
the NBA's answer to that. Act. Okay, that's not fair. <laughs> All in or fold, Boston is drawing dead for the title. This oh, uh, no, I fold that. They're definitely not dead. drawing dead. Yeah. They're not my, they're, they wouldn't be my pick right now. And then, listen, squandering the one seed could really matter. It's not just me, and I talk about this all the time. It's not just about home court. It's about avoiding Philly in round two. Right. You want to. You don't want to have to have beat a Milwaukee smooth road up and there. Philly. You only want to have to beat one of them. Right. And it. So it's just. But they're not drawing dead. I mean, they have top five offense, top five defense. They. They. they I, I. They're in really. They're not in as good a shape as they should be, but they're still in good shape. All right. Next. Remember that one time Harden sabotaged the Rockets to force his way out? Yeah, okay. Well, yeah. apparently the media doesn't. Mm-hmm. Rumors are swirling that Harden is a lock to return to H-Town this, this offseason. Houston. All in or fold, Harden will play in Houston next year. I don't think he will. I, I think he might, but it, I'll fold that. I, I think that, let's see all the, I think Sixers might win the East. Embiid's playing great. You know, Milwaukee, I haven't liked a lot of what, I mean, Milwaukee just keeps winning, give me credit, but it's just, Giannis has to be so great every single night, and he is, he is good, listen, he's the best player in the league by a mile, but I don't think, I think Harden's going to stick with Philly a little bit longer. Next. No sneaky locking Giannis up was Nicholas Claxton, man, watch out for that guy. Oh, yeah? Watch out for him. Okay, all right. So, quick bonus NFL topic here. Derrick Henry is rumored to be traded out of Tennessee. The Dolphins and Bengals are favored to land the running back with the Eagles and your Chiefs right behind them. The Chiefs? Yeah, that'd be crazy. There's no chance he goes to the Chiefs. I've actually saw those like rumors. I mean, they obviously weren't from verified accounts. Yeah, no no chance. They they love Pacheco. They're not going to spend money on a running That's back. That's what I was thinking. And Pacheco's um, been awesome. Yeah, right. yeah go ahead. Um, all in or full. And then it's Patrick Mahomes. Like, what do you, you don't even need to go yeah. into the running back market. Yeah. Uh, but all in or fold, Nick knows where Henry is going. I'll fold that I know where he's going, but I know where he's not going. He's not going to Kansas City. <laughs> Philly would be interesting. I could yeah. see that. Yeah. You know what I mean? With the way they try to run, but no, no, no. He's not going to Kansas City. We answer listener questions next. What's right? Warmer, sunnier days are approaching, so fuel up for them with Factors No Prep No Mess Meals. Factor will help you meet your wellness goals just in time for summer, thanks to a vast menu of chef-crafted, never-frozen meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. These fresh meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Variety? They have that. Factor has 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. Working on wellness goals? Factor has you covered with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. How do they taste? They're delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious, and delicious options. What about quality? Each Factor meal is restaurant quality with premium ingredients like filet mignon, blackened salmon, and shrimp. So start spending less time in the kitchen now because you don't have to shop, prep, cook, or clean up. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash nickwright50. 
50 and use code NickWright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code NickWright50 at factormeals.com slash NickWright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. All right, welcome back in. What's right with Nick Wright? Let's get right to the listener questions. Demonze, go ahead. All right, Juicy Beats Co. said, what exactly would Daniel Jones have to accomplish over the next four seasons to validate his new contract? Be a top 12 quarterback. That's it. I'm going to do quarterback wins thing. Throw the ball down the field effectively. Continue your running ability and just be a top 12 quarterback. You don't have to be great. 40 million these days for a quarterback is not crazy money. It's just like top 10 quarterback money. You pay a slight premium, be a top 12 quarterback. But you got to, everyone, a, I shout out to Robert Mays for having this. Everybody pointed out he was number one in the league in interception rate in a positive way, the lowest interception rate. Of 41 qualifying quarterbacks, Pro Football Focus does big time throws. Like how many throws are big time throws? So it's a context. Geno Smith last year had 35 big time throws. Derek Carr, who got cut by his team, the other guys that signed this offseason, had like 27. Daniel Jones, how many big time throws do you think he had last year? Five. Eight. One every other game. Gotta have more. He was they, out of 41 qualifying quarterbacks, he was 40th. So he's he, the reason he wasn't turning the ball over, he wasn't taking any chances. I think that says a lot about his receivers. Oh, well, maybe, but it, 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 sure. Uh, but I, the Giants also a sneaky, underrated storyline this offseason, this season, was the Giants having no receivers. Everyone being like, oh, my God, they have no receivers. What a disaster it is for them. And despite having no receivers, they traded away a receiver who scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl and had a punt return in the Super Bowl that flipped the game and was awesome for the Chiefs. Like, if you if you really have no receivers, maybe find a way to see if Kadarius Tony, the guy who you drafted in the first round 18 months prior, can help you. Next. Yeah, uh, Ian Gell, any thought on Fred Van Vliet's words on refs after, after Clips raps last night? All right, this is worth watching on your own time. We can't play. It's too much cursing. It's, the, it's one minute of him torching one particular ref. <laughs> And he's totally calm. <laughs> he's totally calm. And he just lights this one guy up. And I love it. <laughs> I mean, I, I watched this whole thing and I was like, I think he might get suspended. Not fun. <laughs> he was just like totally calm. He's like, yeah, I mean, it's an effing shame when such and such. I mean, like names, up, like he names, names the guy. He's like, you look up most of the texts I've gotten this year. It's all from this guy. Uh, you know, I, you know, I, I think most of the refs in this league do a good job. Uh, it's but a shame this that this guy. <laughs> and I, I mean, it was, and he was totally calm and kept cursing, but it was wild. I mean, but like, man, these guys are human, man. No, I understand. Stuff, I'm just it's annoying. No, I think. Did but, you see the tech that Jordan Poole got the other day? When he threw the bounce pass to the ref, uh-uh. I think some of these refs, like spouses, are watching the game, man. It, like they got like girls in the crowd. I and don't know. Like this player isn't going to disrespect. Well, I know me. that Scott Foster. Another reason the Fred Van Vliet was mad is Scott Foster threw Scotty Barnes out the night before yeah. in a one point game on his first technical. 
Yeah. Because uh, he said he challenged the integrity of his So team. that was interesting because I assumed what that meant was that Scotty Barnes said to him, did you bet the game? Yeah, Which, he like, said y'all are cheating. Y'all like, are cheating to me is cannot be a one-tech ejection. All right, next. Uh, Lloyd Kevin Sy uh, says, hey, Nick, it's Lloyd. Oh, it's Lloyd from Jeopardy. Oh, Yo, what's sweet. up, my guy? Uh, Lloyd from Jeopardy again. I just got a job as a professor at Yale. And if, any advice for someone who just got their biggest career break ever? All right, that's awesome. That's amazing, Congrats dude. to Lloyd. That is really fantastic. And I do have advice. And this is advice um, my buddy Laszlo gave me when I got my job in Houston. I didn't really follow it at one point. And that's the only job I feel like I didn't succeed at was the Houston radio show. I feel like I didn't do as good as I could have done. And I think it's because I didn't follow it. So the the advice that my buddy Laszlo gave me that I will give you is beware of the golden handcuffs. And sorry, my mic stand is getting all funny. Um, and what does that mean? That means you do, and this works in any field, you do your work a certain way, how you know it. You do, you, you are yourself. And you get rewarded for it. And you get promoted. And then you get promoted again. Then you get promoted again. And eventually you get what you're calling your biggest career break ever. And instead of continuing doing what got you there, you change out of fear you will lose it. Great. You see this happen to people all the time where once they get enough money or enough security or their dream job it's not they start mailing it in it's that they 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 start being way more conservative that's not who they were or cautious whatever it is because you're afraid of losing the opportunity don't do that continue doing exactly what got you where you're going that's how to keep the opportunities that being yourself got you right so that would be advice and congrats to lloyd That's awesome. Professor at Yale, that's fantastic. All right, next. All right, Joel Allen said, what do the Lakers do this offseason if they get get bounced out round one? I mean, they're probably going to go after Kyrie. Yeah. I mean, that's the short answer. Whether they should or not, that's probably what they're going to do. All right, next. Will Castro said, Nick dressed like Vector from Despicable Me. That is accurate. Okay, I'm not familiar with Vector, but uh, was he the guy who stole the moon? Yes. Yes. Oh, that, oh. Dude, that is so accurate. Wow, that's pretty good. Wow. <laughs> that's pretty strong. I also got to tell you, the fact that we had that Photoshop ready, ready. leads me to believe this might have been a planted comment. I the, I mean, the, I was about to look it up. Uh, yeah, I mean, they just had it ready. Uh, yeah, I'm, listen, I'm wearing a velour jumpsuit. I don't know what you want from me. This is how I've dressed my whole life when left to my own devices. My entire life, I just want to dress like Tony Soprano when he's not at work. That's all I want to do. It's where I'm most comfortable, track suits and jumpsuits. It's what I like. It's what I think looks good on me. Today I wore it in honor of Jim Beheim. This was a long, fun, good show. Good job, pal. Love you. What's Right, episode 133. See you guys on TV tomorrow and see you back on this show Tuesday. Remember, we're now Tuesdays and Thursdays. What's Right.